0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fine edition of Movie Mastery. It's October, which means it's time for our spooktacular extrava- horror ganza. Well, you don't want to call it our, our White Ween celebration? No, that's for the other show. <laughs> oh, isn't this getting infected with the White Ween spirit? You know, John, White Ween tends to get everywhere. <laughs> it does. Where it, <laughs> No one wants it to be, actually. Yeah. White Ween tends to get everywhere it shouldn't. Be. yeah white ween is the mildew of the ween community <laughs> uh so i am john over there is jeff it is time to get into a movie and this time around we've got a a, a doozy it is the night train to terror the night train to terror the night train to terror. Working on that night train <laughs> to terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it's definitely a horror anthology. Yeah, so this is a, uh, a movie that is, a lot of times you'll see those horror movies where it's like, you know, Tales from the Dark Side, or Tales from the Hood, or Tales from the Barrio. Yeah, or, or Demon Knight, Tales <laughs> from the Crypt. No, that was just one movie. I know. Yeah, yeah well, it was just one movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, what I'm saying is you'll have movies like what I was talking about that are anthology-type movies. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So more like Tales from the Crypt, Bordello of Blood. Not at all like that, no. So, like, if the two of them were in one movie together. So, like, if if both of those were in one movie and then there was also another movie, and then they cut out most of the parts of those movies, then yes, it would be exactly like Night Train to Terror. Oh, okay, great. Now I think I'm on board with what you were saying. Yeah, so... Uh, it's just like Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Okay. Exactly like that. Yeah. So the uh, normally in the horror movie anthology thing, you get, you know, upwards of five, usually around three. That depends on what you're watching. If you're watching like that ABCs of death, for example. Oh, yeah. Then you get, you know, a whole bunch. You get 26 or 27. Oh, that's right. There's an interstitial (laughs) period. <laughs> That'd be great if ABCs of Death had a couple of extra. Like, there were so many people who wanted to contribute that they had to move into, like, those Greek AE things. Oh, yeah. No, it's the ABCs of Death, and then they just threw in things that were like, here's the double L. Here's that weird open bottomed German B looking thing. I think it's called a Schlob. <laughs> yeah. Here's a thorn. We put that in there. <laughs> here's the symbol for a uh, pound sterling. <laughs> it's a horror movie about Brexit. Oh, that's basically all of England. <laughs> uh, so normally you get those and they are fully contained little movies mm. and they're tied together by some flimsy premise. And then while we do get the flimsy premise in this, we don't quite get three actual full short movies. It, no, instead we get four actual full short movies. No, we don't. I, I, I think a goddamn thing is what we get. <laughs> No, it's it's really clear that what happened with Night Train to Terror is that uh, the director, a guy named, I think, John Carr, uh, basically worked with the, whoever the producers were and so on to buy up old horror movies, chop them into three little semi-stories, and then write, wrap them into the interstitial. Yeah, the... <sighs> The weird thing about this is, since normally you get like an actual full, we made this for the movie, little movies. Mm-hmm. You find ways to like tie them in, or they somewhat go with a theme. And this is just random bullshit. Well, they tried, they tried to make that interstitial make sense with the, with the stories, but to do it, they basically had to end several of the horror movies before the the scary horror endings. <laughs> they, and I don't want <laughs> spoiler anymore. So, it is it is amazing, but this. <laughs> this 1985 classic horror movie where there is a train and God and the devil are on it, and boy howdy they're fighting over souls, it is uh it's real bad. It was, and it's 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 a lot of little movies that are chopped up for some reason. I guess just for distribution purposes. Yeah, like normally when you'd go into uh like a Walmart or like a gas station and they have those packs that's like five shitty movies that you can buy as a like DVD pack yeah it's basically if one of those got turned into one movie well this is a dying era of filmmaking nowadays all three of those interstitial shit movies that we, we kind of got to watch scenes from would get full on DVD releases and a whole like screening at the Alamo uh, draft house where, where everyone has to come dressed as Cameron Mitchell it, that's that, these things get celebrated now instead of this kind of weird packaging and just shove them on the air type No, no, I still think this would be like the Masters of Horror of the night, and you'd get like six of these on one package in a gas station. The important thing is it'll still be shown at the Alamo Drafthouse as if it counts as a good movie. Why, why you got to dig on the Alamo draft House? They've been in some trouble recently. I just, you know, it's, <laughs> been, it's been fun to watch the media stuff. And also because there isn't one nearby. Fuck you, Alamo draft House! Get in here. <laughs> I, want, I want to go to one of your weird movie showings. Come on. Get a get a movie that's like uh, starring Seth Rogen and everyone who shows up has to be a big, fat, weird beardo. And then... <laughs> And we'll be in there. We'll be in there like Flynn. I hate that shit. I used to look so much like Seth Rogen, and i that was when I was working at a Trader Joe's, and I had all these people who would get mad at me because I wasn't him. <laughs> like, literally, John, I think you were there once. We went to a birthday thing at a... a we were Joe, at a restaurant. At Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah. And some waiter dropped what he was doing, like, literally put his shit down on an empty table and came running over to our table. Yep. And by the time he got there, he was disappointed because I wasn't Seth Rogen. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, and he, like, comes running over over and then as he gets closer to the table the realization dawns on him he's like oh oh you're not Seth Rogen and I was like nope sure I am not <laughs> <laughs> and he was like oh damn you even sound like him <laughs> uh, I, weed uh, I have an idea for a weed movie it's uh, it's me smoking weed also I guess James Franco is there <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> we've we've dithered long enough. We're gonna have some music. We'll be right back with a full review of the night train to terror. He's leaving, leaving. On oh, that midnight train to Georgia. Leaving on the train. Mm. Yeah. Said he's going back. Going back to find. To a simpler place he's and time. Game. We are back with more Night Train to Terror. Yes, it's coming time, up after Night Train to Terror. Time to really figure this out. And uh, after this, of course, during our as our pledge drive continues, we're going to be listening to some Balalikan string music. That's uh, that's just awful. <laughs> the, Over to you, John. The Night Train to Terror is a uh, a movie where God and the Devil are on a train, and <laughs> the sorry. train has a a, a rock band on it, and the rock band is doing the same song over and over for hours. Well, it's the same footage. Like, they show us the same footage of the rock band doing its little rock song three times. Now, the the train that they're on isn't a... Like metaphorical train. This isn't like the train to the afterlife, and it's full of already dead people. This is a for reals train that's going to crash. It's supposed to be a train to Las Vegas because at one point someone asks when they'll get to Las Vegas, and yeah. the the kind of night porter or whatever he calls himself says like in about an hour. Yeah. So so it's it's a train to Vegas, and there's a bunch of like early '80s outfitted dance around type. Oh yeah, I mean this kid is musicians. This is your rock like Quotations Rock band that is looks like they're all ready to start sizing. They're all in like leotards and those off the shoulder sweaters and I, leg I warmers. The, the lead singer in his yellow pullover with a blue ripped up sweater over that, wearing like Zubas with leg warmers on them. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah, I mean, it is peak 80s in this train. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everyone is 80s ing as hard as they can. And there's like 30 of them in there. Now, okay, I can almost understand. You've got your band. You've got your backup dancers that you need for the performance. Maybe... I don't know, the roadies are dressed up and they're hanging out with you in this place, too. Mm-hmm. You've got a shitload of people together. Now, the problem I have with it is these train cars have apparently just been completely stripped out and then loaded down with, like, backgrounds and vases and <laughs> Yeah, they've, been, they've been scooped out like a mom's bagel. And, and in exchange, it's a bunch of, like, stuff that would indicate that they filmed these interstitial scenes in an old lady's house. Yeah, like the main singer guy is doing his white guy break dancing for like five minutes, and in the background it's just like a plate hanging on a wall a and vase, a very a very nice chair, a lovely chair with a, with an excellent antique vase on it, a bunch of silhouettes that Aunt Gertrude did back in the eighteen thirties, and we'll never throw those away. Oh no, and and it's all on hardwood floors. I'm just sitting there going like, what? fucking train car is this? Well, it's a train car that also looks like an early Whitney Houston video on the inside. Just a bunch of, like things that people, that dancers can dance around in between. Yeah, when it first started, I thought this actually was the metaphorical train to the afterlife and they were all dead and they were just hanging out jamming in this train. Like, that would almost make sense. It was a bunch of rock band kids that had never seen the inside of a train, so when they died and they imagined a train for themselves, they just turned it into, like, the set of Rent. Yeah, they are like, oh, we're in a train but this train is basically just, I don't know, kids in America, the music video as a train. Yeah, so the song is called You Ain't got nowhere to go or something like that? Uh, got nothing to do? Anyway, or... it, anyway, it sounds exactly like the song from Pod People. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, if you know what I'm talking about, the Mystery Science Theater episode that's probably the best Mystery Science Theater episode of all time. Yes. Uh, or at least according to John. It is yeah, definitely. it is my favorite. It's John's favorite. I, I'm a little more torn between Space Mutiny and Werewolf, which is, that's fine. That, those are all very good. <laughs> they're, all, they're all up near the very, very top. But this is straight up just them... Dancing around, and you're like, hideous control now. <laughs> My sister's got a fish in her pocket. My sister is ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's real awful, and then we finally, finally managed to get to after five minutes of this. God and Satan sitting in a train car, and the two of them just mugging at each other. So Satan is your classic movie Satan. He's an old man in a suit, clean shaven, uh, devilish smile sort of thing going on. Yeah, uh, he he looks fine. God is just every Donald Sutherland movie for the past twenty years. <laughs> Uh. John, the face dawning on his face as he realizes i'm I'm right he's one hundred percent accurate that is. That is just before his time, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland saw that and went, "That's the look I want. That's all I need to do to keep being relevant." Yeah, I, I've made a kefir just like you're supposed to. Yeah, and now I shall grow a big white nimbusy beard and and stand around looking important in the background of things. Yeah, no, <laughs> he he watched Night Train to Terror and was like, "That's it. That's what I need." This is your coven, Marvin Sutherland. <laughs> You know that look you've been looking for? That weird beard you've been hoping to grow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. So <laughs> they're they're trying to divvy up the souls that I, I guess they're supposed to be on this train, but I don't know that they actually are. I think they're just supposed to be meeting as they often do in order to dither up or divvy up souls. Like not any like all the souls at once or anything. You know, I assume that you know with the rate of death on Earth, you know, 10-15,000 oh, like yeah. ten fifteen thousand people die a minute or some crazy thing. Like like uh, they're probably there's a whole lot of metaphorical soul handling going on in the background, but they like to meet for special cases. Yeah, I guess I guess this is ones where they're like, oh, there are plenty where it's a open and shut case. Yeah, and then. Sometimes they got to meet and be like, let's have an arbitration over whether this person goes to heaven or hell. Yeah, sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks. Yeah, but these two deity shoes. <laughs> deity shoes. That's one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. Ah, uh, deity shoes is a great Christmas time song. <laughs> I was in line behind this little kid, and he had a pair of deity shoes. <laughs> My mama needs these deity shoes. oh man i love that music video <laughs> unfortunately there's nothing left to say about it that patton oswald didn't already get to yeah so <laughs> that's okay though we still have the always video by erasure to talk about for forever <laughs> don't we john oh my god sometime let's, later let's let's not i know i know let's push forward anyway they're sitting in a train car that has a lighted table in it for some reason i'm loving that yeah. uh satan's got himself a pack of smokes and playing cards that he's just dicking around with yeah he does a couple of extremely bad magic tricks he's like yeah i pulled a card out of this deck and you're like okay all right he's like but that was the trick that was the whole trick watch this i'll fan some cards Okay, great. All right, Thanks, thanks. Satan. Good job. Uh, but the two of them are sitting in a train car, and they're having... Let, let me just say this about this movie. I've seen a lot of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. So, in fact, I've seen all of it. Yeah. So to me, this is very like early Burt I. Gordon or Roger Corman type 50s cheapies, where you, you open the movie with some guy with a beard saying some things that sound vaguely scientific, Yeah. or you cut to that guy right away after showing some kids dancing around to the, the hot rock and roll music that kids want, and really linger in on the butts (laughs) like that is every 60s movie that was cheaply packaged and put on the air like that's that's what monster a go-go is that's uh all those movies are just like look kids are dancing yeah dancing kids that'll get the kids in here and then once we've got them hooked yeah then we'll cut to some guy and he's like hello the tale you're about to hear is most true i am a scientist my field of study communicating with the dead <laughs> that in this case you get God and the devil but it's the same shit it's it's so weirdly old fashioned for an 80s movie yeah for for an 80s movie this seems Far older than what the release date would have you believe. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it, that I'm pretty sure that all three of the movies that they cut to are from like 1980 or so. Yeah, there's at least one that gives us a time frame, which is 1979 for one of them. Yeah, so they're they're older. But anyway, God and the devil. So they are trying to decide, and that's our framing uh, mechanism is them deciding the cases of people. Yeah, while well, the conductor of the train comes walking in, who I guess he's in on what's happening. Yeah, because. Both him and like the night porter guy who is walking through where the kids are, are all like, ah, yes, we'll be arriving in one hour. We'll be dead on time. The night porter who's walking through the rock music videos very clearly has been choreographed into them. Yeah. Because he's doing this slow zombie walk and even has some zombie makeup on for like no good reason. Yeah, like he turns at one point and has like red eyes or some shit. Yeah. But the kids are all dancing perfectly choreographed around his slow, careful walk. Like, you know, the director had just seen the thriller video and was like, well, let's put that in there. All right. Well, that's what the kids want. The kids want to see like an old black man. All right. We can can give them that. We got that. How are they going to do the show without him later? Like, how (laughs) are they going to do the show at all? They're All right. Coming up on stage, a bunch of kids who have a perfectly choreographed routine for a room that is eight feet wide. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a big auditorium area where they can go throughout this whole stage and they are going to be confined to a space that is about the size of a train car. And they need an old man to sleep. Slowly walk through for the dance to work. Yeah. We need a volunteer from the audience. Do we have an old man in the audience that wants to walk through? Also, isn't perturbed by our hipping and hopping? <laughs> well, I'm okay with your hipping and hopping, but your bipping and bopping is quite troubling to me. Ah, yes. Well, we'll need to find someone else then. <laughs> so so this conductor kind of is introducing the stories to God and the devil. And uh, we've, we've really kind of dithered around getting into the main uh crux of this which is the the stories but it's gonna be real hard to discuss this the first one is oh it is like interconnected dream sequences oh yeah it feels like someone was trying to edit a movie and accidentally like fell asleep on the keyboard and just cut random bits boy we definitely missed the ending of it like god and the devil have to tell us what happens in the end yeah this happens I think at least twice. The, the first two because they they dedicate more time to the third film. Yeah, the first one is a uh, a guy is a drunk, a drunk driver with his yeah. wife and like goes over a bridge. And then goes into an asylum where they drug him and brainwash him to go on Tinder dates and bring people back to the asylum? Yeah. Okay, so let me see if I can sum this up. Let me give you a through line of the film. Drunk driver accidentally kills wife by driving car over bridge. Uh, Wife is dead. Man shows up in random insane asylum that is run by corrupt officials. Corrupt officials brainwash him into a silent killer who uses a perfectly invisible poison to kidnap young blonde women who will be tied up up in the asylum and have their boobs exposed by richard maul uh he then eventually will kill and strangle them uh the man who is ostensibly the main character is the one who's kidnapping all the women he has no redeeming features because he spends the entire thing brainwashed until the very end when he breaks free and kills everybody yeah the the whole thing with this the fact that this would have been let's say an hour and a half movie that they cut down to like 20 minutes yeah is we get the beginning of this guy where he's just an asshole drunk driver then he's drugged up and doesn't really say anything or do anything particular and then at the very end manages to break out and everyone dies so we have a a main character we don't know or care about no no we don't like him uh we probably get more screen time with fucking Richard Maul than we do anyone else so Richard Maul plays uh, you would know Richard Maul that's Bull from Night Court yeah well I don't know if you would know Bull from Night Court but okay boy fine. howdy go look him up I'm old I I, I admit it I remember Night Court good job v- I was a kid I was a little kid when Night Court was on the air and I didn't watch it for Bull I watched it for the magician Harry Anderson huh. so did you you lying sack of shit nah I watched it for Bull <laughs> Ha, <laughs> Why, none of us were watching it for Lara Kett? Nah, man. I feel like you have to age into Lara Kett. Yeah. His performance was not meant for little kids. No way. I was like, look at that huge lurch looking motherfucker. This is great. <laughs> oh, he's so friendly, but so dumb. <laughs> but anyway, Bull is kind of like the Marina Sirtis of, of Night Court. In that Marina you know her. she's yes. a- Troy from. She had a huge B movie career where she got like raped. She was like in the Death Wish movies and stuff, getting like raped with her top off and shit before she managed to make it into TNG, which she always referred to as her kind of safe haven of, of employment. Yeah. Well, both uh, sort of the same way or Richard mall He's in a million shitty B-horror movies. And in fact, he's in two out of the three of these. Yeah, he's one of two people who shows up twice in these things. Uh, but he plays Otto a man wearing a black wife beater who just sort of generically brutalizes and murders the women in random ways. Yeah, the the way that this movie is cut up, uh, we just get a, a little shot of our main character guy meets some girl, and then it cuts to that girl with her top open... On a slab, mm-hmm. then gets killed, then cuts to another shot of him like going somewhere else. And it's just over and over with this. And I, we don't really until the very end even understand what's going on. Like, why would an asylum be like, oh you know what we need to do is kill a bunch of ladies well they even explain it the the thing about this movie is it's so badly cut apart that they needed a narrator to explain what's going on all the way through it and at the end when they explain what's happening it's just like uh, of course they needed this brainwashed man to kidnap these women so that they could rape these women and then cut apart the women to sell the body parts for money yeah okay I I don't feel like that would make as much money as just running an insane asylum full of doctors yeah the idea that Somehow selling body parts to medical schools is making you a shitload of money. Is it? It seems like a bad business plan. It's, for one, it, it definitely seems like a bad business because you're you're definitely murdering people. Medical schools don't want random chunks of murdered people. No, there's not. Like when we see it, it's oh, I sawed some lady's leg off, and you're like, okay, no one wants that. No one wants a leg. What are you doing? Like, oh, maybe... welcome to medical school, day three, legs. Yeah, no. Everyone skips leg day, bro. (laughs) If you you were selling cadavers, then sure, there are places that need some cadavers. And even then, they don't really pay for them. They wait for people to donate. Yeah. At that point, I was like, you may as well get just like do the whole we're going to take homeless people or whatever and then sell them. Yeah. Because the idea that you would brainwash a guy that you need to keep brainwashed. All the time, like with regular injections. Yeah. And then send him out to hopefully drug, like date rape drug some lady to bring back to here. Yeah, he has to seduce ladies and trick them into going to the asylum, at which point they wake up naked and tied to a bed. Yeah. Yeah. It it just seems very roundabout. It, now maybe a, it, we missed something uh, in the fact that this was cut down to like a 15 minute short. Yeah, I could very well be. I, anyway, that's pretty much everything that happens. There the the cast of characters that we haven't mentioned in it yet are a bunch of random women, uh, several of whom were willing to have their tops taken off. Yep. Um a, 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 a sadistic, evil old doctor, uh, a, a a sadistic, younger, sexy lady doctor who tries to seduce our hero, even though he's brainwashed. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to turn this brainwashed dude into my sex slave. And then a random, white-bearded, cop-policeman-investigator sort of character who is in two scenes and doesn't do anything. Yeah, that was great. It was like, he took someone from a bar, and then the other guy who was at that bar was like, hey, uh, my friend went missing, and uh, I think... Uh, the car that took her was registered here, and then he sees her in some asylum room and is like, okay, then, goodbye. Yeah, she's like super catatonic, and he's like, well, nothing I can do then. All right, goodbye. Also, that's weird, because every other person that they have uh, gotten kidnapped by this dude, they cut apart and, like, murdered immediately. But for some reason, this lady, they're like, nah, let's leave her alive just in case. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I assume that in the actual movie, they end up killing off that old man, too, but they just don't bother anyway everyone dies uh the 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 main the evil doctor old doctor is is uh lobotomized by the evil young doctor the 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 dude falls out of his brainwashing and tricks the lobotomized evil old doctor into open heart surgery killing the younger sexy doctor. Uh, Bull gets his head cut off with a sword. Yeah. One of them surgical swords you see in medical schools. Yeah, you know, that uh, the surgical machete that you need. It's a surgical grade machete. You have to take it out of the plastic wrapper first and then put it in the autoclave when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. One of them. And then uh, it cuts. That's all over. We cut back. And that, to that's the it. devil. And God and the devil are like, the devil's like, I want that guy. He killed a lot of women. And God's like, you can't have him. He's on my side. <laughs> he he, uh, he was only doing it because he was brainwashed. Uh, after this experience, he went and didn't do anything anymore. He's mine. Which is weird because it's kind of a running theme in these, is that de- the devil wants some central character, and God's just like, no. <laughs> and I guess we're supposed to be like, that's a victory for God. Hell yeah. Except you're like, I don't fucking care the fucking conductor at this point is just like how about a hundred years of purgatory that that's a nice compromise and they're like yeah sure why not sure who are you anyway yeah that's fine whatever yeah, great whatever although for the devil that's not a compromise it's oh you mean god has to wait a hundred years to get his soul and i never I give a shit and i don't get a piece of him at any point no that's that's garbage that's not a compromise that's just like oh can i annoy god slightly all right fine I, i'm at least appreciative that this appears to be sort of a uh a very indeterminate god in terms of, you know, worship requirements or abs- asking for absolution of sins or anything. Oh, yeah. There's no point where he's like, well, that guy did kill a bunch of people, but then he recanted, I guess. But not to me specifically. There was no point where he prayed for forgiveness. Also, before he got turned into a weird, murdered, tinder zombie, he uh he was, a he was an awful person. <laughs> yeah. But I'll still take him. Eh. I mean, I I was kind of hoping for, like, a deathbed recant, you know? Like, I accept Jesus into my heart. Ta-ding! I'm good. (laughs) At that point, though, if you had that worked into the story, then the whole God the Devil sitting around arguing would be a completely pointless exercise. Because the Devil would be sitting there going, I hate that fucking loophole. That's such bullshit. (laughs) It's just complete bullshit. You can live your whole life as a dumb piece of horrible shit. (laughs) Uh, So... Second story. Second story is... Even almost more convoluted. Like, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around I'll, the I'll, second story. I'll give you the quick rundown of it again. It, <laughs> There's a woman selling popcorn at a local carnival when an old man named Richard Youngmeyer arrives. <laughs> and she asks him if he will buy popcorn. And, and he says, I don't need popcorn. And she says, well, you going to stand up and buy popcorn or are you going to fall flat? And it, it you know would, how when you're at the carnival and you go by and someone's like, hey, you want some cotton candy? And you're like, I don't know. And then they start making fun of you. Yeah, they kind of tell you that you're impotent because you aren't buying enough popcorn. Hey, limp dick, you want some popcorn or what? <laughs> and he responds by putting $400 down her shirt and then wanders off with her. Uh, at this point, we get the narrator popping in to say that this young woman, Greta, by the way, because it's, it's the cases of, in order, uh, Harry Billings, Greta something, Garbo. Gre- and Claire is the third one. Um <laughs> but Greta goes with him and the narrator pops in to be like Greta had always desired to be famous and Richard Youngmeyer gave her what she wanted he made her famous in stag films oh no And and we see her in a, a stag film where she's dressed as an extremely old-fashioned indian and an extremely old-fashioned cowboy porn man tears off all her clothes yeah it's it's like some uh like trapper looking guy mm. who's got the whole like skins and nonsense going on and it's old school like 8 like 8 millimeter let's watch this in a basement style porn stag reels oh yeah so we're panning across like a bunch of horny dudes and then it centers on the obvious handsome one and then the narrator pops back up and he's like this young man was just showing Stopping by his old fraternity for a beer. He did not expect to watch a stag film, but on doing so, he fell in love with the young woman and had to have her for himself. Oh, yeah. At this point, he's like... He- tries to find out where she lives and eventually goes to like Young Meyer's studio in order to find this girl I'm like you are you're a creep you're a creepy piece of shit leave porn actors alone yeah i don't i don't care how much you're like oh wow that porn actress is super hot no i can see no. the real her when she's getting railed i can tell that she's like deep and doesn't really want to get railed but she would want to get railed by me though oh my god lady i'm ready to be the only man who sees your secret junk <laughs> i am i am ready to take off this discussion. Guys and become Captain Save-A-Ho. Oh, God damn it! And the, right there, the, the, the movie's like, this is our hero, everybody. And I'm like, no, he isn't. If he was a hero, he'd recognize that porn actors are doing porn, and you should leave them alone. Yeah, I mean... Even in this, it's not like, oh, yeah, she was drugged into doing this. No, nope, nope. she liked it. She was like, oh, this is my life. This is good. I'm fine with this. People are buying me things. I'm a dumb idiot. This is great. This is I'm, exactly what I wanted. I get a shitload of money and I get to play the piano, which is apparently a thing that I wanted to do. Yeah, so we'll play a little funny mini piano. <laughs> a little mini piano. <laughs> It looks like fucking Schroeder. Look, and that, that shot of her playing the piano in her underwear that has, like, the regular room lighting is not a good-looking shot. <laughs> like, they, they, that, that scene looked like a last-known video. Uh. But we because we have to cut the movie apart, at this point, it just goes, he dedicated himself to finding this porno lady. Next shot. Now they are dating. Oh, yeah. It's like, he finds her at some club where she's playing the piano, and he sits there and watches her. And then it just cuts to, they're in a relationship now. And you're like, the fuck just happened? It cuts to a sex scene, and then, okay, so at this point, they go to the carnival together, where Richard Youngmeyer shows up again, and he's like, he kind of beckons to her with a ring or something, and she's like, yeah, I have to take my hand out of your hand, handsome hunk who rescued me from porn, Um, because this guy's actually got money, because this guy has some money, at which point, Richard Youngmeyer reveals his insane circuit circuitous plan to take revenge out on the on the on the hunk dude. But we only know that the revenge wants to happen again by the uh, the narrator who's like, Yes, and Youngmeyer couldn't stand the fact that our hero had gotten some of his property and he planned to take revenge, but... You guys, he- I saw the whole movie. I'll describe to you the parts that you're missing. Yeah, his revenge, though, I don't, I don't know that that's actually a thing that he's trying to do in the movie because what it is is he has a weird, like, death club. Yeah, he's a member of what... I mean, the whole movie, I, I would be willing to bet that it's cut from... ...from a film that was called Death Club. Yeah. that Where basically there's like six people in there... ...and you can only be a member of Death Club... ...if you have recently almost experienced death... Yeah, everyone with near-death experiences, but childhood doesn't count. And, and the members of Death Club are hilarious. There's, a, there's a, an insane Germany, sort of maybe Polish man who's just laughing at everything and always has a gun out. There's the Countess, who is one of the other people besides Youngmeyer in charge of this, who's always very prim and proper and in charge of everything. There's a black guy dressed up as a black exploitation 70s martial artist whose name is Prince Flubutu. Ah, uh, sigh. So just so you know, that's in there. Yeah. So uh, somehow the girlfriend or uh, Greta manages to convince our hunk hero to join Death Club. And the first thing that happens is the Death Club announces a, that they have a death event for the night. A big, weird ant Beetley thing whose sting is death. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if it's your first time at Death Club, you've got a death. Yeah. And you can't talk about death. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but uh, so they they put this big glass jar on the table, which contains a claymation ant bee <laughs> with with glowing red eyes. This is going to be a uh, a recurring thing for this and the next one is just the world's shittiest claymation. <laughs> So eventually, after like mugging on and on about how dangerous this thing is and how once they open the jar, they have to... Uh... Yeah, they, they left the window open because this thing, like Russian roulette, there's got to be a chance that it won't kill any of them. So everyone has to hold still or they'll draw the attention of the death-sting ant Bee. Yeah. and But it's so funny because the Polish guy keeps making the Russian roulette references and he keeps saying, just as in Russian roulette, you have to leave one of the children chambers open so that there's a chance you don't die. We're like, no, man, you leave five of the chambers open. Yeah, the whole point is that there is a chance that you die, not an almost guaranteed uh, chance that you die, and maybe you don't. How have you been playing Russian Roulette this far and made it so far, dude? <laughs> you keep rolling sixes. Man, you are just the luckiest <laughs> bitch in the world. <laughs> leave one chamber open, and then five of us will definitely die. Uh, so... <laughs> So it does fly out the window and then just murder some random couple humping in a park somewhere. Yeah, there's a a couple out in a park and the woman gets her bra out and then the bee lands on the dude's face and stings him and his face explodes into her face. Yeah, his... His face swells, and of course, this is all just shitty claymation. His eye explodes out, and that blows up onto her face with blood. Yeah, it goops her face real good. Yeah, it goops it up. Yeah, if there were foot-long ant bees with mega stings, then I think we'd know about them. Uh, uh, anyway, the, at this point... the. I guess they decide to go to another Evening of Death Club. Well, the the weird uh, accented dude shows up at the guy's house with a gun to force him to go to another yeah, one. Yeah, to the second night of Death Club. So the second night of Death Club, they are playing a giant video game machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are playing the death version of, I guess, musical chairs. And, and something has happened to Greta, the girlfriend, by this scene. I don't think that's the same person. I think that was someone else. Well, it, who, there's at this point there is now a young woman member of Death Club who is dressed in a man's suit, has short hair, and I don't know what she's doing there. No, but she's just laughing at everything. But she also is consistently and regularly touching our hero, which is why I thought that she was just Greta with a haircut. I don't, I don't think so. It, I, I felt I, I could have sworn to you there's probably a scene where she gets a haircut, or because we never see her again. Oh, we do. She shows up again at the last death club. Oh, does? Okay, fine. So it must just be someone else. Anyway, there's a big robot here, and the robot starts talking about itself. It's like, I am the electrocution droid 5000 death bot video game machine (laughs) program simulator death. Yeah, so it's got three different colors, and like yellow is, if I choose you, you get a light shock, Mm -hmm. and then blue is you get a, a medium shock, but if I'm red and I choose you, then you get a death shock. Which is weird, because it didn't even say death shock. They just said the ultimate shock. You get the shocker. <laughs> so everyone has to wear a gold headband. Yep. Uh, the Polish dude's got a gun on, on our hero, so he doesn't leave. Yep. And then the machine starts, and and it's funny because none of them seem to know what an electric shock is. No, their their reactions to being electrical shocked is... Just kind of going, oh, (laughs) whoa. that was a mild one. (laughs) Instead of, you know, when any kind of shock gets you at all, especially one around your head, which is that every muscle in your body seizes up at the same time at once. And you go, the fuck was that every single time? This is especially egregious when it gets to the red shock. Yeah, yeah, because this is Prince Flabutu's time to die. <laughs> Boy, howdy, is it ever. And it begins shocking him and goes on for a while. I guess it needs to amp up, if you will. Eh? Well, because, eh? yeah, yeah, eh? it must, eh? yeah, it must eh? Yes, eh? yeah. Eh? It needs to volt up. I, wait, no, no. Uh, God, it needs the too... Mars Volta. Wait, hold on. <laughs> it's his turn to run the jewels. Huh? huh? Oh, oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey. Oh, my. <laughs> So he gets zapped with electricity, but his response to begin with is to be like, oh my, yes, I'm being zapped. And then as it gets worse, he turns into a weird claymation thing. He turns into a puppet of his own face with way too many teeth, which is shaken violently on screen for what, 20 minutes? It is way too long. Like they just sit there shaking some weird puppet thing of him over and over. And then it like cuts to a reaction shot back to that thing shakes for another like five minutes cuts the reaction shot you're like yeah we get it and, and I you know, get it I am like a hundred percent sure that's the same lady now with like a short haircut I'm like a hundred percent sure one hundred one hundred anyway eventually he does die and we get to see the gross top half of his face having melted off yay um and then like get the narrator, they try again the narrator the like, narrator who's like and then they they try to get the fuck out Youngmeyer had other plans though he wanted to see this man dead and didn't care how it how how many times it took at this point. Young Meyer is a Batman villain. Yeah. Young Meyer straight up is like, I want this guy dead, but I can't just Kill him, it has to be in one of my weird death traps. I have to, he can only die if there's an even chance that five other people might also die, including me. I mean, literally, that is a Batman villain. You could have a Batman villain named like Russian Roulette. Oh, yeah. Who has that as their thing. Like, one of the six people in this room tonight will die. And he keeps wanting to kill Batman, but Batman's always just one of the six people in the room. Yeah. And he's like, God damn it, I killed one of my henchmen again. Son of a bitch. How many Robins do you have? Damn it. <laughs> i've got an entire bat cave full of them <laughs> this is this is the late 2010s which means that there's like 17,000 of them they're a gang now <laughs> uh but uh but i mean literally that is about ba- a great idea for a batman villain is some dude who's obsessed with russian roulette and can only kill a person if there's an even chance that five other people might die yeah well and there's there's always one that is nobody dies yeah, there's always a chance of nobody dying as well. But in, but basically, he has to unveil veil his latest death potential trap, which is, this time he's involved himself. He unveils a construction ball, you know, the big heavy construction ball. One of them ball, wrecking balls. That you only ever see in, like, Looney Tunes. Which I think the movie understood, because he talks about what it is for, like, forever. Ah, you know, a a construction ball, also known as a wrecking ball. It is 975 pounds and 8 ounces, and it just goes on and on and on about this thing. Yeah, just endlessly talking. This is, as you may or may not know, is a construction ball. And I wanted everyone to be like, yeah, everyone knows what a construction ball is. It's 1985. We've all seen friggin' Wile (laughs) E. Coyote. Everyone knows. Why else would you have a giant heavy ball suspended from the ceiling? Yeah, and uh, the entire Death Trap is, it's on a rope, and it's going to spin around in, like, a circle. And every time it goes around the, like, left side of it, there is a saw there that cuts a little bit into the rope. Yeah. Now, everyone is lying down in the path where it will smash their head uh, in sleeping bags. Yeah, which... All right. I don't know what that's for, but although, sure. Although, again, the Polish guy has the sleeping bag pointed in such a fashion that it, or he has his gun out so he can point it at the, at the hero. Yeah. Uh, So it goes forever. It's hilarious because it's a static saw, like an old-fashioned saw you'd use for two lumberjacks to cut down a tree. Yes. But every time they pass by the saw, it makes a power saw noise. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be doing some sort of, like, vibrating saw thing, but it's just a static saw blade. It's just a blade. But every time we pass by, it goes...
1: Over and over again, just
0: lightsaber. Aooga. Ah, yeah, it just turns into a car. Yeah. So it's turbo teen. <laughs> I, no, I, I, eventually it cuts the rope but it kills the con the countess. Yeah. And that's the end. And it ends there. Like the ball smashes the countess's head, and then we just cut fade to God and Satan, and there's the the like uh the narration from them who's like, Oh yes, the two of them then lived happily ever after. You're like, What? They got away from young Meyer, they lived happily ever after. Duh. That's all. Anyway, no need to show it. We're done here. They're mine. Well, no, Youngmeyer didn't die. He's right in the room with them. There are guns trained on both of them. What, what What? are you talking about? <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that they decided to cut these entire movies down to like 20 minutes because it means every time that the narration comes up, I'm like, how? Well, this one in particular, like if you're cutting down a horror movie, you show the fucking end. <laughs> You don't go, yeah, that's good enough. You saw five men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, turn it off. Turn it off. Someone died. Uh, yeah, whatever. We're done. Yeah, we had a gross head flattening. That's all. That's what kids wanted. Back to God, the devil. Yep, that's it. The devil and Daniel Sutherland, as it's known. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so God's like, nah, they're mine. And the devil's like, but she she was a porn actress and he was a creepo and then they both were in weird death cult. Why am I not getting them? And God's just like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, and there's no point where they do anything heroic. Either of them, ever do anything heroic she's consistently happy there, there's one scene where she gets any lines at all in this entire movie is her going yeah some guy bought me a piano because i fucked him i liked it i'd do it again <laughs> it's just like okay so your only agency is Fucking for stuff. That's, you know, I'm not going to judge people who want to do that. That's fine. But you, at no point in this movie do you even try to escape the death cult. No. Like, she's straight up excited about it every time she's there. She's yeah. like, yep, it's time for the death cult. This it's is super great. exciting to me. And then at the end, God's just like, no, nah, I get them. No, it's Wh- fine. Why? They, they literally didn't do anything heroic. And at the end, they just escaped, like, air quotes, escaped. Fuck you, God. So <laughs> the devil is probably saying in this situation. And, and God just, like, we get a from a uh, photo of devil it's going to him and it's a bright light and god just being like don't make me fuck your shit up what are you going to do to me like what at this point in standard th- cosmology what is god going to do the devil that he that he didn't do already uh you know destroy him like actually destroy him rather than just banish him but i'm sure he doesn't give a shit i'm sure he'd prefer to be destroyed at this stage in the game <laughs> Oh man, Devil's got uh, a lot of self-preservation. I guess he does, but he also has a lot of work he's doing. Well, you like, know that's the important. Like if you if you kill the Devil at this point in in traditional like Catholicy cosmology, who's running Hell? Uh, I don't know. I mean, probably one of the many Devils. Hell's really, down there. hell's really important in this in the standard Catholic cosmology. You need evil soul storage. You can't do without it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Satan's gone, then you've always got like Beelzebub. Yeah, or I guess you got to promote him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucifer. Oh, wait, Lucifer's Satan, some other devil. Get up here. Get up here. You're, you're, you, you're going to the big leagues, buddy. Melloc or whatever. You're in. Memnock from that fucking Anne Rice book, <laughs> any one of those people. Congratulations, you're you're getting promoted because otherwise it's like threatening to fire your septic tank. <laughs> Shitter's full. Incidentally, in that in that first Interstate or uh, movie, Richard Maul looks exactly like Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Which is great, because in the third one, he looks exactly like Mr. Fantastic. One more thing about him in the first one, by the way, there are shots where it's very clear when it's his stunt double. I I don't even think it's his stunt double, because he doesn't do any stunts. I think they just ran out of footage for Richard Maul, and they had to use another guy with his haircut, because there are scenes where his arms are either hairy or smooth. (laughs) And it's really obvious. Uh, anyway, uh, so God, and the devil decide to discuss after we watch another five minutes of the same music video being done in the car down the road, uh, by all the, all these band kids. And for some reason at this point, I started noticing all the lighting equipment and boom mics and shit. That's just hanging in the frame. Like they just didn't give a fuck at all during these filming sequences. No. So uh, the third story. Yeah. The third story is what they take the most time on mm-hmm. and it is like, it's it's a hyper-convoluted tale of the son of Satan. Yeah, so I guess the way that the movie sort of frames it is that there's a very devout wife who has a dream about Nazis, and one of the Nazis is some guy who looks kind of like a vampire. Yeah, there's a vaguely vampire Nazi. There's a bunch of Nazis having just some party, and for some reason, the party is being like uh, performed at by a all-women's string octet. And, uh, yeah. And they're all wearing nurses' uniforms. They get killed, and it's like, uh, I'm a bad guy, even for Nazis. Yeah, some some extra Nazi comes into the room where the Nazi party is and is like, Der Fuhrer has told me that you have not met your quota. And then he shoots all the women and goes, your quota is met. And leaves, and it's like, what the fuck was the quota? You have to kill eight, <laughs> eight German violinists? Yeah, you hadn't met that quota yet. You guys forgot to do that. How are we going to complete the entire Christmas song? You know Hitler likes the part about the five golden rings. (laughs) Who are you? You are to put in a gas chamber. Uh, I don't... What the fuck was... Anyway. And then we get a... An old Jewish guy who is like, this is the dude. This is the dude from from Nazi times that I've been trying to find. He killed my family. Except the Jewish dude is so playing old. Like, he's not really an old man. He's playing old. Oh, yeah. It it is very obviously some guy with the shittiest old man makeup ever. And when he plays old, he plays old as in completely indecipherable muttering weirdo. Yeah. So all of his scenes are like... (sighs) Mr. President, my Alabama, spare some change. Alabama, Alabama. Yeah, 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 it's conveniently located near Alabama. <laughs> but, okay, so, so the old Jewish man goes to investigate some hotel, and the, the same Nazi dude comes out, except now he has the dumbest haircut in the world. He looks like Hecubus from the Kids in the Hall videos. Ha, <laughs> ha! true yeah um, and he has a what's supposed to be an evil smug smile on his face in all shots from him from this day forward uh, but it is exactly the smile when you first start pooping oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't you know i don't know that i'm going to be able to follow you on that one i don't think i've ever like e when i start pooping you've never had that that brief moment of like mm. i'm not like like a baby who's just shitting in a diaper. I'm not just like, oh, he's smiling. No, that's gas. Man, poops are satisfying if you're doing them right. You must be doing it wrong. Nah, man. I'm I'm there to do business and leave. I have a stoic thousand yard stare when I go to poop. You're like a fucking cat. I'm just sitting there like, hmm. Cause that's that's a you see that cat sticking its head out of the litter box when and it's just open? making it's eye just, contact with you. It's just doing nothing. It's just I am all back end right now. <laughs> so what you are saying is that there was like a customs official at your bathroom, and they asked you if they're if you're there for business or pleasure. And I was like, business only. I am only here for business. I will take no pleasure in this moment. <laughs> there's there is no pleasure in this dumping. There is only what needs to be done. Well, I'm going to tell you that's a big difference between you and me then, because for there's a moment where pooping makes me smile like the son of Satan. <laughs> Every single time. I'm just kind of like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, sw- yes. Sweet release. Oh, my. <laughs> Is that filth coming out of the back of me? Ooh. <laughs> yes, that's right. I go all hedonism. Yeah. 100%. Zombie, <laughs> the toilet paper. You know the type I like. <laughs> Rough and crusty. Uh, One ply, please. Yeah. I I just want to get it all over my hands. <laughs> I like it when my fingers poke through immediately. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> all right, there's, there's, <laughs> there's pooping habits with John and Jeff. <laughs> this episode's going to be way too long, and I'm not cutting any of this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he... The whole movie is basically... The, uh, the the fact that the son of Satan is just walking around while people are trying to be like, hey, you're a bad guy. And he's like, meh. Yes, I call myself Olivier now, and I always have two women on my side. Good day. <laughs> That's all. And, and, then, and then Mr. Papini shows up. and <laughs> so, so the Jewish guy seeks out the help of a police officer who comes to the Jewish guy's house. And the police officer is known B-movie film actor Cameron Mitchell. Uh, you would know him probably if you're a mystery science theater person you would know him as uh, the Santa Claus-looking captain of the uh, of the ship, in, of the, what was it called, the, the Southern Sun in Space Mutiny. Yep. Uh, but you would also know him as being in about 50 other really shitty old B-movies in various states of health. There are several movies where Cameron Mitchell is so ill that he acts entirely in a chair and has no lines. Ugh. But here he is as some sort of detective... Yep. Uh, who's just mad at this Jewish guy for calling him at all? Yeah, he's like, like uh, okay, you found you found this this Nazi guy, but we can't arrest him for being a Nazi unless he does a thing. But I tell you, he killed my family. Well, there's no yeah, that, way he did. That, well, that was Germany and this is America and we can't arrest him for that. And I'm like, you know, if you if you can prove he was a Nazi, you kind of can. Yeah, you could definitely do that. There's still war crime stuff for that. Yeah. You could have him hauled into a tribunal. You could do that. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> But, but, whatever. Instead, the the, the uh, Jewish guy decides to go investigate on his own. We get a brief flash of a Nosferatu-looking vampire puppet face, and then the back of the Jewish guy's chest explodes. Yeah. Which we then get, like, an autopsy scene later, and it's just that he got beat up. I'm like, yeah. well, what happened to the back of his chest? Like, wouldn't that be a thing you would mention? Also, a big meaty squib went off in the back of his jacket. It didn't kill him or nothing. He just had a squib back there. Turned out he was wired for his job that day as Old Man gets shot... In- in a death wish movie, <laughs> <laughs> and the punches set off the squib. Uh, yeah, but he the... gets punched a bunch, and it shows that he has two tattoos: a concentration camp tattoo and the numbers six 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 branded in a circle on him. And they say that tattoo was done. Today. It's like, no fucking way. I've seen a tattoo that was done today and it doesn't look like that. It looks like gross infected shit for the first week and a half. (laughs) Anytime anyone's like, hey man, I just got this tattoo. You want to see it? And it still has any kind of plastic on it? You say no. Oh, man, because this is a Satan tattoo. It just goes on smooth. Well, then there's no, it doesn't look like a tattoo that they got today. That CSI guy has seen a lot of Satan tattoos. <laughs> He's like, look, I did a, a quick reading of the timeline of this tattoo. I uh, I took it to the lab because some old guy died, and obviously we were going to do that. So basically, this, God damn it, basically this movie has two completely separate storylines. So we have to talk about the other one, where Richard Mall, <laughs> where Mister Fantastic doesn't believe in God anymore. He, so basically he has poor Richard mall is forced to deliver a TV special where he basically like, thank you for joining me on my television special. I have bad news and I'm afraid that it's up to me to give you the bad news and you won't like this bad news, but it is important that I give you the bad news. You see, there is no reference to Jesus anywhere in the new Testament. That is not a forgery. And he is certainly never referred to at all whatsoever in the old Testament, except for For a single mention in Josephus, which some experts claim is a forgery. (laughs) Therefore, because Jesus was not mentioned in the Old Testament, God is dead. And if the Abrahamic Christian religion's God is dead, so too must all other religion's gods be dead. Yeah, I love his thing that even if you're like, yo, I found evidence that Jesus was just a thing that they made up and that was it. He's like, oh, well, because of that, literally no religion is actually real. He also, also one of his other arguments was the word Christ is not a name, but a title. You're like, yeah, no shit. Everyone knows that. Yeah, no one, no one thinks his name is actually Jesus H. Christ. (laughs) so so basically he has like some atheismo 101 bullshit that he just kind of like i'm not saying atheism is bullshit but the the argument he's using is straight out of central atheism casting (laughs) yeah so he puts out a book called god is dead which incidentally i find it amazing that he doesn't think that god doesn't exist but rather that god has died well, God is Dead, being the reference to Nietzsche and all, Fair. Is, is a way punchier title. Yeah. Than so, God's it, not an actual thing. I mean, what do you want him to call it? The God Delusion? That would be terrible. <laughs> That's like something that would be released by Dick Dorkins. Please stop calling me Dick Dorkins. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts out a book called God is Dead, which, of course, is has a black cover with red gothic Nazi font on it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that art, that scene where he has to be like, and because Jesus didn't exist, it of course stands to reason that every other religion must also be false. And I was like, okay, that, that really doesn't that, track. Your logic is flawed, and, sir. And not only that, but wouldn't Jesus not being a really big deal not be an argument for the death of the Christian God, but just for the rise of the Jewish one? Yeah. Like, if Jesus was just a cool dude and maybe not the Messiah? It sounds like you're just advocating Judaism. It's like, all of you Christians need to be Jews! <laughs> okay, well. Therefore, God is dead Uh, okay what (laughs) you're not not making but he's like a big time rich dude for this idea oh yeah well he was already like a big deal he was a nobel prize winner and we, we and his wife though the main ostensibly the main character of this story but lord knows it's hard to prove that uh she his wife is a talented heart surgeon some kind of doctor and they operate out of a huge office building, which must have looked super futuristic in 1980 when they shot this shit. But it's the UCSD Central Library. <laughs> like, that is some bullshit. <laughs> horse shit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the whole storyline on this is, I guess it's up to this lady to stop. The son of Satan, because you have to remove his heart and put it in some box, because it's the only thing that can contain the evil. Mm-hmm. And it's made from the wood of the true cross. A whole big box made from the wood of the true cross, says some priest. Meanwhile, a Jesusly looking man, who they keep calling a defrocked monk, uh, named Pepini. Mr. Pepini. <laughs> Mr Pepini is here to see thee. He brought a he brought a panini and also a martini. <laughs> it's teeny weenie. <laughs> He says you should drink the martini with some blini. <laughs> uh, the the amount of papini jokes that went on while we were watching this movie is a lot. I'm almost certain we missed plot points just because we were too busy thinking and spouting papini jokes. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to let me go? That's the bee's knees, G. <laughs> just that kind of terrible shit. Just forever. <laughs> I bought you a, a large pizza with pepperonis. <laughs> it also has pepperoncinis. <laughs> I'm from the island of Santorini. <laughs> oh, and wait, Papua I'm, sorry, I, I'm from Papua New Guinea. <laughs> I'm from Papua New Guinea. Just that, for like an hour. Over and over. It was the only thing left to keep, that we had to tether us to reality. Anyway, he kind of looks like a Jesus or like a Torgo. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He looks like Jesus or Torgo. Your your choice. Your dealer's choice on (laughs) Jesus or Torgo. Jesuses and Torgos are wild. (laughs) (laughs) One-eyed Torgos. Unfortunately, he doesn't get a hold of Claire, the main character of the story. He gets a hold of uh, the professor who doesn't believe in God, so he just gets kicked out. Yeah, he's Um, like, hey, fuck you, buddy. um, Eventually, he will die while fighting a claymation demon. Yeah, this has at least two different claymation fight scenes. Yeah. And not only is it we made a big demon out of clay because you know it's 1970s and we don't have any sort of budget so we just made a big clay demon that's fine that i am 100 percent on board with sure do that but then when it goes to kill a guy it's like a little clay like a kindergartner would make version of a man it's like a demon killing mr bill yeah it oh no (laughs) like the son of satan shows up and it's just like oh why? Why hey, are you doing this? Hey, Mr. Bill, the defrocked monk told you you had to go in this room. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, no, Mr., Mr. Bill, there's a huge crazy demon in here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's so weird. It's like, whatever happened to just good old-fashioned rear screen projection? Yeah. Where, you know, you act like, you go, oh, oh Oh. no, a monster that is much bigger than me. I'm acting up. Yeah. But no, it's, we're going to squish this tiny clay doll that is just that kind of clay doll that's uniform for its legs and arms. It's a little tiny clay cowboy, and it's like, after these messages. Oh, no, a demon. Oh, (laughs) we'll be right back. Boink. <laughs> and then his head rolls away <laughs> and then he learns the true meaning of christmas, uh, yeah. So, this happens with Papini. It happens with... uh, A random security guard. Some guy. Although, one of my favorite scenes is just where Satan... The son of Satan is hanging out in some ridiculous disco club. He's sitting in a Roseanne Rosanna Dana giant chair with two women in it with him. And he sees some random bar worker in a nice red dress and decides that that's the woman he'd like to mess with tonight. Yeah, so he uses his Satan powers and is like, Come here, lady. And she's like, okay. But then... He takes her home where she gets undressed and gets in a bed and he changes clothes from his nice tuxedo to like David Copperfield style sleepwear. Oh, yeah. He's in like a blousey silver shirt that's just open down the front and knee boots <laughs> and, and, and jodhpurs. <laughs> He is definitely ready to saw a woman in half, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 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 Anyway, at this point, he makes a long, convoluted sequence of taking his boots off to reveal, oh no, hooves, oh goodness, and then the woman freaks out, passes out, wakes up having been thrown out of a car, perfectly fine. Just keep her in your back pocket, because we won't see her again until the last minute of the film, (laughs) and you won't recognize her when you do. Anyway, some security guard that was there waiting for her when she gets thrown out of the car decides to investigate a random building. He goes into the random building and turns into a little clay man who gets stepped on by a big clay demon. Yay! He gets my favorite is when uh, Papini dies with the clay thing. He gets pulled down like underground. Mm-hmm. Like that's his his death is the ground opens up beneath him and an ant centaur a little, comes out. Yeah, an ant a clay ant centaur pulls a clay doll under the ground and then it seals back up and the police are like oh we found him dead it must have been suicide i'm like oh yeah you know how when i go to kill myself and i bury myself 10 feet underground yeah that's (laughs) the standard suicide that's pretty much what i do is i go out near the old spooky lighthouse dig a 10 foot deep hole and then seal myself into the pit yep that's that's your standard way to go out (laughs) So at this point the movie just goes fucking nuts. Uh the the cop Cameron Mitchell is now completely convinced that uh the old Jewish man was right. So he goes to confront Olivier and he says, Hey, did you know a man named Weiss? He was a 70-year-old Jew <laughs> It's like, Come on, Cameron Mitchell, just say Jewish guy. At at least a little bit. Nah. Nah, man. He was a Jew. And I strongly suggest or suspect he was a Polak as well. <laughs> The the weird thing about this of just the guy going like, nope, didn't know him. Good day, sir. You'd better leave. And then dust doesn't do anything to him. No, it doesn't. His Cameron Mitchell is just another character to get killed in this film. Yeah. So he strongly suspects this Olivier guy and finally goes to his house to raid it. But one of my favorite things is him realizing that the old Jewish man's last words before he died were, look at the walls. Now, Cameron Mitchell's already been in this Jewish guy's house. Yes. Which is wallpapered with old news clippings. Yeah. Now, when Weiss originally is like, hey, I think this is this Nazi guy, Mm -hmm. he already has on his wall pictures of this dude going back to, like, the 1890s or something. Yeah, the the Franco-Prussian War in the 1870s. Uh, He... And he already has shown this to Cameron Mitchell's character. But halfway near the end of the scene, Cameron Mitchell goes, when he said, look at the walls, he meant the walls of his apartment. And then he drives back there and looks at them and goes, oh my God, there he is in World War I. It was like, dude, you already saw this. Dude, dude you, you definitely already dude, you're saw the it. worst detective. What, what is... How are you not... What what, what are we watching right how now? How do you have a job? So him and another old man go to investigate Olivier's house. Uh, the other old man gets evilly locked in his own car and killed by smoke. Yeah, it just explodes. But then when Cameron Mitchell goes to investigate the smoke-filled car with his dead friend in it, the car explodes and that kills Cameron Mitchell. Done. Yeah, we don't actually get to see his death. It's just an explosion happens. Moving on to the next scene. We've got <laughs> we got stuff to do. We've got... We got places to be we all oh, the th- places you'll go uh <laughs> meanwhile claire manages to sort of kidnap the devil's son by hitting him with a car Yep. And then she's going to perform ili- or illicit heart surgery on him, but her heart surgery is rudely interrupted when and, and she manages to get him into a surgical gown and herself into a doctor outfit. And she starts trying to take his heart out. Uh, but then the random woman from earlier in the movie that I told to keep in your back pocket shows up in nurse scrubs, <laughs> grabs a pair of scissors and starts stabbing the son of the devil. And that doesn't matter at all. Well, it does because it makes it so that the devil gets loose enough to possess her and switch bodies with her so that the the uh, attempt to take out his heart will ultimately fail. Well, it's weird because this doesn't happen immediately. Like, she gets his heart out yeah. and walks over to the box, puts it in there, and then when she turns around, it's like, nope, nope, now he's switched. I've switched bodies. And then there's a scream, we cut to a hallway shot, and he walks out of the building. And then back to the god and the devil. Yep, and god's like, well... Getting Claire. Oh, I she get... survived that? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, no, I don't know if she survived it or not. She might just be a soul in purgatory right now. Maybe. But anyway, he's like, Yeah, I want Claire. It was like why would why would you guys be arguing over Claire? Claire died a while ago. She was killed by a demon son of of Satan. Yeah, I'm the whole thing Also, is, she was definitely a devout Catholic. Why is this even an argument? Oh, yeah. The whole time it was, oh, yeah, she was super devout. Even her, when her husband was like, yo, I have proof that, like, God's dead or whatever. She was like, no, I still believe in God, and I'm going to try and stop the devil, and I never do anything bad. It's There's never no too ar- argument here. Yeah, it's not too late to not publish that horrible book, my fantastic four-looking husband. <laughs> I, and, uh, you know, they cut back to God, and God's like, obviously, I get her. And the devil's like, I don't even give a fuck. I want the I want the band. I want the band on this train. That's all you, I want. Every every time I just I just give you the band. Just give me that just band. Just give me it. Because, you know, all bands are fucking evil. And and the, the uh, God's like, I don't know if this one's evil. Like, you uh, know, the kids these days, they don't pray to you. They don't care about you. You haven't listened to their music. If you had, you'd know they were praying to me. Oh, you call that music? I love that it's Satan is the one who's like, ah, kids these days and their music. And God's like, oh, no, if you listen to the lyrics, it's really quite good. Really, I'm a fan of Tool. Because I did listen to the lyrics. And it's just these kids saying, you ain't got nothing to do yeah. a bunch of times. So I I don't know. No, it's <laughs> a, it's a cry for help. I'm a huge youth. fan of I'm a huge fan of Tool. Did you know that "Learn to Swim" is a song about a guy who was shit to death by elephants? <laughs> shit to death by elephants. Well, that's what on, the, the the name Anima refers to it, actual enemas given to elephants at the circus so that they wouldn't poop on stage. Yes. I. But anyway, get fucking Tool pretentious shits. Anyway, um, God loves this this shitty uh. rock and roll music. Anyway, it's time for the train to crash. Yep, train crashes. <laughs> it's a toy train. It's a. It's not even a. There's not even a shot that would require there to be a toy train. No, it's for some reason we decided a head-on shot of a toy train reaching the end of tracks. Like there's not the reason it crashes apparently isn't that it hits something or something fucks up. It's that it reached the end of the toy tracks it was on. Yeah, so it doesn't even fall off the tracks or anything. the The toy train is only used for shots of an oncoming train. Yes, and then it explodes by putting the whole screen into a fireball and then cutting to shots of, and this is real, I am not kidding, a burning building. Yep, not a train. Yep, it is real weird. I don't know what they were going for here. And again, I need to reiterate, this toy train is like Thomas the Tank Engine level of fake. It is just real stupid looking. It is the fakest. And normally, it's real train shots they use in this movie. So there's a lot of shots of actual trains. But then when they need like one second of a train bearing down on the camera, they couldn't buy some stock footage of that. So they just used a toy black train. Ugh, and then cut to a burning building. Yep, and then all of the people are lying there on the ground. And then God kind of pops up at the very end to be like, I get the kids from the band as well. And then we cut to a train flying through space towards heaven, and the kids are playing that same fucking song again. Great. Love it. That is the end of the movie. The very end. So that is is the night train to terror. Uh, Jeff... Jeff, I want you to tell me mm. what your favorite thing in this movie was. Mm. My favorite thing, you say? The best thing in this movie to you. Number one, a number one. Oh, it's definitely uh, the Satan and God casting. <laughs> not, not only are, I mean, they're actually, one of them's Tony Tony Giorgio, I forget who plays God, but but in the the credits for the film, they are credited as the, uh, the Satan as portrayed by Lucifer and God as himself that is some real stupid but, bullshit but their their uh their casting was actually not great but amusing like they did a great job on the makeup and wardrobe for these two characters and turning satan is the standard caddy sort of like like uh paul lind of satans i'm always a fan of that shit so i'm going to say that the interstitial shots of of satan and De- and, and uh, god talking are my favorite part of this all right what would you say is your favorite part of night train to terror well, is it is it's it the- 100% the claymation. it is <laughs> There's no way it is not the the absolute garbage town claymation that goes on here. I know. I was leaving it to you. I... I- there, the scene with that stupid bee in the death club, it goes to, like, land on the main character's hand, and the, they couldn't even put the claymation on a regular hand, so the hand is also just clay? Yep. It looks a so close-up bad. lingering shot on a clay hand. Oh my god, the whole thing is so bad. Oh, that scene is so slow, too. That bee was like beating its wings like once a minute to keep it in the air and then the whole shot it's like three minutes of footage of just a camera being swooped around the room yeah. with the, the shadows of the cameraman visible in every direction. Oh yeah. It's it's trying to do some Raimi cam Yeah, and it is uh, failing real bad. Yeah, yeah. The trick to Raimi cam is that you, have, you can't be able to just see the obvious cameraman running around. Yeah. So, so I, I loved the claymation in this. It was amazing to see a giant clay demon squish a tiny little clay. Playman man is my favorite thing in the world Oh no! <laughs> yep it's <that's> the best <laughs> i loved it so there so, you go <laughs> the worst thing in the movie for you jeff uh it's got to be the song those kids were singing <laughs> uh it's just that you ain't got nothing to hideous control now idiot control now that song again yeah. it was it was obvious that they had bought one song and they were going to use it damn it so you hear it four times in the movie oh yeah there are, in between each of the interstitials before the first interstitial and over the credits you hear the same song. Yep, and it's a bad song and I hated it <laughs> yeah, and I hated yeah. the kids who were singing it. Every I, one of them looked like they should be on like the backstage of a Nickelodeon daytime performance in 1986. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I just I hated all that and I wish they were all dead. And I probably a lot of them are. I mean, most that's of it, them I, that's, sh- I that's, assume that's, that's probably good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that that makes me happy again. John, hey, what yeah. was your least favorite thing? I God, I don't even. Know. Is there I, anything that's bad? <laughs> really? No, nothing's bad. It's a great movie. No, the I want to say the first movie that they do, just the way it was cut. The case of Harry Billings. It was completely nonsensical until like the last two minutes of it. <laughs> it I is, had it, no idea what was going it's on. It's not like it makes sense in the last two minutes because of what's going on on screen. It's just that the narrator, no, the finally, narration. narrator finally pops up and is like, alright, alright, alright. Uh, the Selling body parts, uh, evil evil doctor, uh, cousin Eddie, shitter's full. God, go. <laughs> Never we're done. And, yeah, the, the whole thing was just like, you bought this weird yeah. Uh, like nonsense horror film but the only thing you did was cut it so that you got maximum boobage. Yeah, That yeah. was it. Every boob that was in it is in this. Yes. So I gotta say that first one was just just the worst. Yeah and I- I'm never a fan of like like a- a- angrily exposed breasts. Oh yeah this thing is like really violently aggressive implied rape like who man this is this is some some bad times. Yeah it's I, I- I have a hard time popping a midnight movie boner when the boobs are tied down. Yeah. Like like involuntarily, and there's no safe word, and there's no visible cutting <laughs> implement for getting them free. I, I'm just saying. Oh, there was a visible cutting not implement. Not for setting loose the ladies, though. <laughs> No, I, I, every time I, the movie's like, "Yeah, you're gonna get your fill of T and A," because these women are about to die. And I'm like, "Ew, no, I, <laughs> stop this it!" This is boner shrinking. <laughs> uh, so there we go. And now we're each gonna give it the rating zero to five, giving it the rating out of ten. Jeff, Midnight I Train have, to Terror. I have no idea. I need you to go first on this one. <laughs> I, I I need you to go first. All right, Night Train to Terror. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a one and a half. I'm going to... You know what? I'll bump it to a two. Oh, my... God. I'm bumping it to a two because of the claymation. <laughs> That's a whole half point. Yeah, a whole half point for that claymation. The, uh... Like, it loses most of its points for that first movie, mm-hmm. but the rest of it was kind of weird and, like, dreamlike enough that I was interested to watch it, and like you said, God and the Devil, like, they were good. Every time it cut to them, I was like, ah, oh, look at these guys, this yeah. is great. a couple of old actors just having a good time. Yeah, so, so... I think, I have to cut this down, I'm gonna give it the one and a half, and okay. most of that is for Claymation. Uh, the big failing to this film is that it's got three lead characters, and I don't remember them. Like, like, okay, first one, lead char- character is a brainwashed man who does the right thing in the last two minutes, I guess, maybe, sort of, I don't know. But he's still a man who killed his own wife. Yeah. Uh, the second one, it is a creep who wants to rescue a porn actor from herself, but once he gets together with her, keeps her in porn anyway. Huh? Uh And then in the third one, it's some lady who is not there until the last couple minutes. Yep. Like... I, I don't know if it's just how it was edited or the movies they got, but man, all of the main characters in these stories were just like, I am not likable or here. So uh, so yeah, one and a half for me. There you go. So a three and a half total for the Night Train to Terror. So this is supposed to be like one of them Z-grade cult classics. Like it's gotten a DVD Blu-ray style re-release with like cast and crew commentary, including crew for, or, or like directors and stuff from the movies that, that were cut apart and put into it. Yeah. Do you think... Deserves that. Do you think this movie needs to be the sort of shit that, like, Criterion covers? And, <laughs> yes. You know. The Criterion collection of Night Train to Terror. That's exactly <laughs> what we need. Are you, I'm just saying, how excited are you to go watch this at Alamo Draft House, knowing that Harry Knowles will be sitting right behind you? <laughs> <laughs> uh I would I would honestly love to get the commentary just from the interstitial movie things or like if I could find out what was going on with any of these movies and why they didn't get a release or if they did and then just got bought up later yeah i would love to know the background of that I'd like to watch the whole thing with no commentary at all except for richard Mall richard mall just showing up yeah I was collecting a paycheck here well i'd like I'd like for him to not remember it. <laughs> just the whole time i, don't know. I, I did that that's I, weird weird huh? Wait, that doesn't seem like me. That, I feel I, like I, I don't think I would do that. I feel like I would have turned this down. <laughs> uh and then when he sees the stunt double guy, he's like, Oh, that's right, I did turn this down eventually. <laughs> I did one day on set and it was like, fuck this, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh so there you go. There is there is the night train to terror. Uh thank you so much for listening and of course we are the system mastery podcasts. We've We're got the system mastery boys. We got the so many stuff. dudes we got uh, our main site, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can find all of our content, including the Movie Masteries there. And we've got... Uh twitter and facebook and gmail and all sorts of nonsense we've got a discord now yeah we sure if, do if you want to join us on the discord and marvel at how rarely we're actually in there then you can do that by going to twitter and looking for our stickied post because that's the link that'll take you to our discord it's the only one on our system mastery twitter so just look for the one stickied post yeah nothing else we've ever said we felt like needed to keep being said yeah most things we, we prefer you to forget we said <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> nice. Retweet. Nice. <laughs> So, uh and if you like what you're hearing, you want to support us. We have our own Patreon, uh patreon.com/systemmastery. You can support us at any level there. We appreciate anything you can give, and if you can't, we of course understand that. But if you do, we've got bonus content for our main System Mastery podcast. And if you listen to the Expounded Universe podcast we do, we are achingly close to our next goal where we take that weekly That's correct. Instead of one episode covering 3 chapters of an old Star Wars expanded universe every 2 weeks. You'll get it every one. Instead of Shadows of the Empire taking us 10 months to get through, it'll only take like 5. Yeah. People may say that we're spending way too much time agonizing over Shadows of the Empire. They're wrong. They're wrong. That book needs <laughs> needs uh, someone pointed out the other day that by the time we're done, we'll have spent more time talking about it than the length of the audiobook version of it. <laughs> And you know what? I'm going to go out on a record here. I don't even care who is reading it. It could be Roger Reese. It could be anyone reading that audiobook of Shadows of the Empire. Our thing's our things, funnier. It's better. It's, it's way, way better. better. Yeah. So there you go. We've got that. Check out all of our stuff. We love hearing from you. And of course, if you uh, want to, you can leave review, rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your podcast thing of choice is. We love getting those reviews. And of course, it lets other people find us so we can grow and become an even larger amorphous blog that consumes all yep now john i really i gotta go because if you if you don't mind i gotta go take a big smiley poop just one big gleeful poop joy inducing it's like a little epiphany every time (laughs) you know like you know how they call the orgasm the little death yeah i want to get off the. i want to stop this now i'm talking about this this is gross (laughs) okay thank you so much for listening we'll be back in a couple weeks you have a good one